Hi, and welcome to What You Readin' with your hosts, Colleen Kylie and Deb Boblin. We're... <laughs> what are we, Colleen? We're a podcast about books and more books. And hopefully, we're going to find you your next great read. We are. Hi, Colleen. Hi, Debbie. Guys, we're back. We're sorry for the long hiatus. Things have been kind of crazy this year. Um, but we're back. We're better than ever. We're reading like crazy. And we're going to talk about what, Colleen? Well, books. Books because and more books. We still love them. So it's so much. We've been reading. We just haven't been talking about them. <laughs> well, I've been talking, but no one's been listening, Colleen. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm here to listen to you. I haven't been podcasting, though. I'm guilty. Okay, so let's jump right in. You're up first. Tell me what's a book that's sticking in your mind that you want to talk about. All right, I'm going to jump in with my favorite read of 2021. Yes. I'm just starting real high. <laughs> And that was Yoke by Mary H.K. Choi. Have you read it? No, but okay. I want to now. <laughs> it's Right? Done. That's all I need to say. No, I found this young adult novel so beautiful. Um, it is about two sisters who both live in New York City, but they're from Texas and they've transplanted to New York City. But they're estranged. They don't really talk anymore. Um, June is the older sister, and she makes quite a bit of money, has a pretty fancy apartment, um, but in her sister's Jane's mind is sort of boring and cold. Jane is the younger sister, living in New York City as well, going to school, has a part-time crappy job, has a kind of part-time crappy boyfriend. Been there, done that. <laughs> and has um, a really crappy, like, cockroach and build apartment. So they're very different, but, uh, this story thrusts them back together when the older sister finds out she has cancer. Um, and what I love about this story is it's not just a story about cancer. It, it encompasses full life. Like, these characters feel very, very real. Um, you get to learn about their backstory, their family. Um, their parents are Korean. The girls were born in America, um, so you learn sort of about their Korean-American life and culture. Um, you learn about their mom and some, you know, struggles, especially Jane and her mom's relationship struggles. Um, there's some romance in there. There's the sister dynamic. There's, I think New York is so wonderfully described. Like, you feel like you're, like, walking the streets of New York when you read this book. I love books like that. Yeah, I just thought it was so full. And I, I said it was a young adult novel, but, you know, they're out of high school, so it's, you know, like older, young adult. Um, and I think I've already had some students read it this fall, and they also loved it. So I just can't stop talking about it. Well, I'm putting it on my reading list, and I'm always curious. The ending works for you? Yeah, the ending worked. There was some surprises yeah, it worked. Because I hate to be disappointed with endings. But if it was your favorite book of 2021, it must have been well-rounded all the way. Yep, it all was. Right. All right. Do you think it was the sister dynamic that pulled you in? Uh, for those of you who don't know, both Colleen and I have sisters. Mm -hmm. um, and it, the, those relationships, as wonderful as they can be, can be very complicated. Yeah, I don't know if it was... You know, I'm very much not estranged with my sisters. I'm constantly texting with them um, and with my mom. So it was definitely something about the sisters, but also just, you know, you're in the 
you're in Jane's shoes the entire time. She's the younger sister who's sort of struggling to get by. And I might have switched their names while talking about this because Jane and June um, sound so similar. Yes, they but do. Um, you're in the younger sister's shoes, the one who's sort of just dealing. Hey, everybody, Colleen here. Excuse the interruption. You're going to hear an extreme change of quality of sound in the next section. That's because we're having some technical difficulties, and I do apologize. Connected with that 20-year-old trying to find your place in the world vibe. Gotcha. All right, so you said that was um, your favorite book so far this year. I don't have a favorite book so far this year, so I'm just going to talk about a couple of books that um, I did enjoy reading. The first one I'm going to talk about is Hamnet by Maggie O'Farrell, which is um, a, a version that has not been explored of Shakespeare's life. And I want to start off by saying you do not have to be a Shakespeare fan. You do not have to be a Shakespeare uh, scholar to really, really enjoy this book because I'm neither one of those, okay, which I'm a little embarrassed to admit as a librarian, but um, that's a, an area of my education that I'm sadly lacking, but this book is fantastic. It, um, I did not know that Hamlet was written, I, obviously I know that Hamlet was written by Shakespeare, but about four years after his 11-year-old son died. Okay, so now we're talking about the 1500s, and this story looks at the life of Ham, it's called Hamnet and Hamlet were interchangeable back then, those hmm. names, okay? And it's told totally from the mother's perspective. So we meet um, Agnes, though in real life, William Shakespeare's wife's name was Anne, but he often called her Agnes. So there's a little bit of play with names there. The book is fiction, but it's realistic fiction, okay? So um, it's really interesting also in this book, they never name Shakespeare by name. We know that's who it is because the story really isn't, it isn't, because when you think of Shakespeare, you think of the playwright, you think of one of the greatest writers of all times. So we're looking at Shakespeare as a husband and as a father. Mm. So that's a really interesting perspective of, you know, a, a man who just is known throughout the centuries yep. as one of the, one of the greatest writers. Okay, so told from the mother's point of view, of Hamnet, he dies, um, the Black Plague, we're talking the 1500s, uh, the mom is absolutely devastated by the death, and the death is handled in a way that it's heartbreaking and loving at the same time, um, and how Shakespeare himself handles it, which of course he's a great muse, and of course eventually he handles it through writing about it. Um, I, I just can't recommend this book enough. Um, I would give it, you know, definitely five stars. Definitely five stars. So Awesome. Yes. Did it inspire you to read some Shakespeare um, <laughs> plays? It, it, no, what it did inspire me to do is to learn more about Shakespeare himself cool. as a man. I started reading all sorts about things like that. Oh, um, cool. To read Shakespeare, I think I would need to be in an English class. To me, it's not something I could read on my own. I need discussion about it. I need someone telling me, helping me figure out. Um, I, I did, Like I said, I have not studied Shakespeare enough to be able to read it on my own. Yep. This book, no problem. It's so fun. <laughs> so fun, yeah. Cool. All right. Well, I don't know if it's fun, but... I don't know, sounds like a good Really read. interesting. And, you know, just even the 1500s being plunged into that time era. Yeah, some historical fiction, but strongly based in real real people. Right. 
Right. That sounds awesome. Yeah. So what else did you read, Colleen? All right. So to mix it up and give us some strictly nonfiction, I read a big old book called Blood in the Water, the Attica Prison Uprising of 1971 um, by Heather Ann Thompson, who's a historian. And if you have heard of Attica, um, you've, you've probably heard that the prisoners um, started a riot and an uprising, took uh, hostages, the civilian um, guards, and sort of brutally attacked and murdered some of them. It's sort of what people tend to remember about Attica. 50 years ago. This story is a deep, deep dive of what really happened. Um, it chronicles the struggles that these imprisoned men were facing, including um, terrible access to medical care, lack of, you know, books, and, um, you know, there's a lot of description of like if, if mail came in and it was written, a letter was written to a prisoner and it was written in Spanish that the guards would just throw it out um, rather than give it to the prisoners. So a ton of brutal treatment um, heavily focuses on racism of um, these mostly black and brown men um, who in the media in the aftermath have described with these brutal um, murderers and terrible people, and a lot of these young men were in there for um, parole violations. Oh, yeah. Um, and so, the story builds you up to sort of what led to this this uprising, um, and it's told. I think what makes it so good is that you don't necessarily feel like you're reading nonfiction. You feel like you're reading a story with characters um, who are fully fleshed out because. Uh, Heather Ann Thompson just did so much research and so many interviews and just went through boxes and boxes of documents. Um, and even her access to certain documents, that's a whole other thing, was like severely limited because still 50 years later, the state of New York um, tries to cover a lot of this up. So still there are certain records that she can't get access to, and that's kind of another piece of the story. Um, but then you get the aftermath of everything, too, and that for decades, sort of the legal justice system that ensues and what this means for the community, but also for our country um, and, and and incarceration on the whole. So not an uplifting tale. Um, Did it lead to a lot of prison reform? She, um, it led to that? some, but not a lot. I mean, yes and no. I think... Um, I guess my take, with I haven't read a lot about prison reform, but that we're still, although things are much better, we're still in a pretty right. rough place. And I know you said she's a historian. Yep. Um, I often wonder how much bias is in a book like that. Did any of her bias come through, or did you feel that she took a pretty, she did her research well and tried to not come up with, you know, opinions one way or the other? I think she's, the book is heavily, heavily researched. I mean, there's a about a hundred pages or more of just her notes. Wow. Yep. And so things are really heavily cited. Um, I think that if you believe that um, prisoners should never um, riot for, like, have an uprising for their rights and that the death of officers and police is a terrible thing and always the fault of the prisoners, then it will feel biased to you. But if you... I think what she does is allow you to see the humanity in these men. That every human being deserves yep. to be treated as a human being and have their rights. Right, and that um, <clears throat> people are there to serve their time, um, but that doesn't mean they're not humans. Right. Um, 
Yeah. And so I had a thought, but I lost it. Yeah. I thought it was, oh, I know. In the beginning, actually, you get a lot of perspectives from guards and other um, higher ups and you, and you sort of wonder, oh, I thought like I, cause I knew going in that it was going to show you what it was like for the prisoners, but you actually got a lot of perspectives. Fantastic. Yeah. Sounds like an interesting read. Like you said, not exactly uplifting, No, but it's something that we don't know. Uh, I'm speaking for society as a general here. Probably most of us, our, our um, background is knowing about prisons is what we've seen on TV. You're right. And we haven't read a lot of nonfiction. So I, again, I will add that to my list because I would like to better myself. Thank you, You're welcome. Okay, I'm going to change the vibe here. Yes. <laughs> okay, I did not um, read any, non or I don't have any nonfiction on my list right here to talk about today. Though, interestingly enough, I do have a nonfiction at home right now called Being Mortal. I can't think of the author's name. Yes, I can picture the cover. You know the cover. Yep. Okay, and it talks. it's really talking about aging society and medicine and how we handle that. Yep. And it's really interesting so far. And I, I personally have a lot of opinions on that. Um, both my parents and my husband's parents have died, and they've all had different types of deaths. And so I have, again, some very fixed feelings about things, yep. um, quality of life being a big one. But anyway, so that's what I'm reading for nonfiction right now. But what I want to talk about is a book that I did read, and I know I'm really late to the show here. This book has been out probably at least for 10 years. Um, the All Souls series, A Discovery of Witches by Deborah Harkness. And she's a professor of science and history. She's a historian. Um, and she has written a lot of nonfiction, but she tried fiction and boy, did she hit it, hit the ground running. Um, a Discovery of Witches is the story about a vampire and a witch who end up meeting. And you've read this book, mm -hmm. right? And I think you enjoyed this book. I did. I did. I have a terrible memory, and it was many years ago, but I remember being like, this isn't my normal vibe, and I really liked it. Yeah, I really liked it. It's really long, but you get into it, and you get into all the characters. And now, um, the premise is, you know, is that witches and vampires are mortal enemies. One will kill the other. Um, witches uh, are, how do I say this? Witches... Um, become witches by birth, mm -hmm. okay, where vampires only become vampires by killing someone by death and making them into vampires. And um, I can't re wait to read the next two books. I have, I, yeah, they're actually missing from the library, which I'm very upset about, but I have them on hold at my local library. Oh, so once they come in, I will be able to read them. Um, really, you know, fantasy but a lot of historical facts in there that she interweaves really interestingly. I really enjoyed it. Cool. Yeah. That that reminds me of a book I read this fall where I was like, we're talking 20 years late to the game, Practical Magic. Oh, Alice Hoffman. Love that book. That was so fun. And, you know, witches, it's more realistic than A Discovery of Witches. Yes. Like the magic is sort of... Um, in what you believe. Magic. It's more magic realism. Yes. Yeah, versus but, fantasy. Um, that was fun. And then I watched the movie, which people talked about like loving, but I hated. So You know, yeah. I watched the movie so long ago I don't remember it. It's just not this it's, it's a totally different story. Yeah. 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 That, that was just a side note, which is it's a good time of year to read about witches. It well, you know, we we're past Halloween, but it is the fall time always yeah. reminds me and I I usually read something. Um yeah. 
but I, I do like magic realism, magical yeah. realism. So Practical Magic, if you haven't read it ever, please do. And I understand now that's a trilogy, and I have not read the other Right, ones. so that was written 20 years ago, but now the third one just came out. But they're not really, I don't think you have to read them in order. I think, like, there's prequels and... Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah, but Alice Hoffman, great author. If you haven't read her, please do. But A Discovery of Witches, and you're going to read... Now, it's cool... I often read the first book in a series, but I don't continue. Like, I just like to get my feet wet in a series, but one is usually enough. But you're like, I'm going to keep going. Uh, well, I, um, you know, I listen to a lot of audiobooks yes. because I have a lot of time where I'm in the car listening, and I've got them on hold through the library for audiobooks. Nice. Because that'll take up a big chunk of time, which is what I like. And I really like when a story goes on and on because then when I'm walking, I'm listening to it. When I'm very rarely cleaning my house, but it does happen once in a while, I'm listening to the book. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah, I really like that. Gets me, gets me through the day, what can I say? Are you ready for something really hot and steamy? It might <laughs> help you get you through the day. <laughs> Guys, I wish this wasn't, I wish this was video because you should see my face. <laughs> Seven Days in June by Tia Williams is pretty, pretty hot and steamy. No, okay. This a, is out of your wheelhouse. I know. Or, or maybe it isn't. I don't know this side of you, but okay. It is a romance novel, which I actually think for a romance novel was done very well, meaning it wasn't overly romancy. <laughs> but let me back up and say... So Hallmark yeah. isn't going to make this into a movie. I don't think so. Okay, good. Yeah. All right. I don't think so. So yeah. we're not Harlequin romance. We're... we're um, exactly. Um, we're like present day, talking about modern issues, addressing single motherhood, race, um, family issues, but like with romance. So I thought I liked it. Let me tell you what it's about. Well, you got me a hot and steamy. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> no, um, Eva Mercier, I think is her last name, is an erotic romance writer. And then Shane Hall is this more, like, literary author. And they met when they were seniors in high school in 2004 in D.C., and they spend this one week together. But the book starts present day. To, it's 2019, so it's 15 years later, and they're both these famous authors, and they reconnect at a book event. And it's clearly, like, very tense and not like a, oh, I'm so excited to see you again. It, something Clearly something happened. Right. And so through these alternating chapters of present day and, and the past, we get to find out what happened to them during those seven days. Um, and as that story is, is revealing itself, their romance is rekindling in this very like tense and like, how is this going to work out sort of way? It's, it's cool. And then you also get this backstory of these two characters who come from just, like, pretty challenging backgrounds. And, like, her her mother's story is really interesting. And, and that story gets woven into the present day. I don't know. It was cool. Like I said, it was more than just a romance novel. It sounds it. Yeah. Yeah. But there were some sexy scenes. So, just warning you. Well, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I gave, I so told my let's, students let's, about it. Let's give our readers, our listeners the title again. <laughs> it's Seven Days in June. Seven Days in June, guys. Okay. Um, yeah. Sounds, sounds, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> it was fun. I like a fun book. Yeah. I read a fun book that's hot and steamy, steamy is even more fun. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. 
Okay. Um, boy, I, I can't even top that, so I don't think I'm going to try. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> Great. Yeah, we read some good books. We did read some good books. Let's just go over the titles um, real quick. What did you read again? So, the ones I'm recommending today are Yoke by Mary H.K. Choi, Blood in the Water, The Attica Prison Uprising of 1971 and Its Legacy by Heather Ann Thompson. It's a long title. And Seven Days in June by Tia Williams. Okay, and I'm recommending Hamnet by, by Maggie O'Farrell. Uh, really interesting book. Please read it. And uh, Discovery of Witches by Deborah Harkness. Um, witches, vampires, little romance, a uh, lot of fantasy, nothing. And, uh, and then I did talk about being mortal, but I haven't finished that. Um, but yes, so... Until next time, I hope you enjoy your books. See ya! See ya! edit now? <laughs> I edit. You know me with the bloopers. We're recording. <laughs> we edit. We're a professional podcast. We are. <laughs>